Welcome to the Ghostwriter and Pup Podcast, a little show about the creative conversations and stories that matter the most to today's up-and-coming writers, artists, innovators, and creators all around the world. I'm Jody Aberdeen. Okay, welcome to episode 7 of the journal series, Tuesday, May 19th, 2020. Just going to rush through this one a bit because there's a lot in here, or maybe there's not, I don't know. And as always, if you have any, if you're listening, if you're enjoying these, if you're getting something from this this, uh, journaling series and you would like me to explore a particular topic, send me an email, jody at jodyaberdeen.com with your idea, and I will make that the topic of my next daily journal entry. I have to say, I find myself looking forward. So we want to talk about building good writing habits. Knowing that somebody's watching is a form of accountability. Uh, and I know that some people are at least sharing the link from Ghostwriter and Pup on Facebook if they're not actually listening to the podcast. So that means is, uh, you know, not to say you can't and shouldn't self-regulate. You obviously should, and you must, if you want to make a career out of this, because part of the reason why a lot of people do this is they don't want a boss hanging over their shoulder. That is certainly been my experience in my working journey leading up to this point. So that means I got to be on top of it. I got to meet my deadlines. I got to plan my work. I have to fight distractions and sort of plan my day. Now, the beauty of this is, for those of you who feel a little constrained by a schedule... Sorry, I'm just listening to something loud that sounds like jet engines. One sec. (laughs) That actually was a jetliner. Haven't heard one of those in a few weeks. I don't know what the story is. I'll find out later. Yeah, uh, if you need accountability, you can plan your day if if a schedule is too constraining for you. You can make sure that your deadlines are weekly rather than daily. And that's what I've done with my clients. It takes a while to write a book chapter, y'all. It doesn't take a day. It can, but if you really want it to be good, you got to give it some room. So I have a weekly deadline to hit, and I've timed it so that I can hit it, (laughs) basically, to use the phrase. So uh, this daily practice of journaling, though, keeps me on track just a little bit. So that's that. Let's get on with it. Got a few things I want to unpack from this, this morning's writing. So this is the entry for Tuesday, May 19th, 2020. I somehow went down a Star Trek rabbit hole watching YouTube clips from the various shows until around 10 a.m. 10 p.m. last night. As far as procrastination activities go, I suppose there are worse things, though I did get work done at the same time. I was thinking about that sense of optimism that Star Trek originally represented when Gene Roddenberry created it. I wonder what it must have been like for the World War II veteran and L.A. cop just going through those experiences and still somehow choosing to write about an optimistic version of humanity in the future. Have we grown tired in recent decades of using public storytelling for cathartic purposes, the venting and projection of the collective id? Our demons put on the page and screen so the writer can feel catharsis, personal relief? Who can say? The thing that frustrates me personally is that I see trends and perceive where they are beginning to curve, and yet my actual writing is always just behind the trend by the time I finish the story. Actually, that's not true. Convergence was ahead of the curve, 
a love story taking place between two people in parallel universes. And now, seven years or so later, a multitude of alt-universe stories in the pop culture consciousness exist. Maybe I should promote my books more? I guess I'm doing that right now, as this is going to be read on the podcast. But, uh, but I hate this part of it, the promotional side. I think I need to date a book marketer. <laughs> okay, that's the end of the, the, the entry. All right, that last bit. You know what? Guy gets lonely sometimes. <laughs> no, um, it was just on my mind. No, but, but it's interesting, the idea that... Uh, so three things I want to unpack from this. First, uh, let's talk a bit about Star Trek. So Star Trek has been with me since I was a little kid. Inherited that from my father, I suppose, but then kind of took it in my own direction. In fact, I was seven years old, six, seven years old when Star Trek The Next Generation came out on TV. I was there for that because my dad was there for that. He'd grown up watching Kirk and Spock in the original series. And it's been sort of a backdrop. There's no me without Star Trek. It's weird. The, the influence that stories have had on people, that's one of them. And lately I've been going back to, you know, ever since Star Trek Picard came out, there was a, uh, you know, there is Bella. She's not always on this podcast. But that's what she sounds like most of the time. Yep. <laughs> She's just barking at, at somebody outside. So, where was I? Trek. Yes. So, the idea that humans in the future will become better, more ethical, operate with more integrity, um, and be overall happier... A little socialistic, given that money doesn't exist and everyone gets everything that they need for free. Well, that's been a bedrock part of my subconscious uh, for pretty much most of my life. And that's been my default thinking when I look ahead to where humanity is going. It's only been in relatively the recent 10, maybe 15 years that that view has gotten a bit more pessimistic. Really in tandem with a lot of the science fiction that has been out there, like the darker and grittier stuff, the more realistic stuff, like Battlestar Galactica, really wonderful, another one of my favorites, wonderful, wonderful writing, and really dark AF a lot of the time. That's where that's where the zeitgeist is, that's where the, the, the shadow in which, in, in, in which we all are. I mean, 9-11 was just two years prior to the series premiering. And it does. It, it affects people. Same thing with Lost. It's not exactly. It's bound. You know, Lost is a balance of light and dark, but mostly dark. There was a lot of seedy stuff and very little optimism. So I digress. I I've been thinking that maybe it's time for Star Trek or for 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 writers to return to more optimistic view of the future because as Several of the guests I've had on the show with uh, who, who are in that new age community, that those beliefs that I follow, I mean, every possible, if you think about every future being a possibility and already existing somewhere just further down the line, if you're in the present, you get to pick the future that you want. And a lot of that is based on energy and mood and story. So if you're telling the story of an amazing future, it's actually possible to move into it, to align yourself with the end result. And it's not anything terribly mystical. It's like going to the 7-Eleven. You don't just have, you, you may do a lot of, a couple of rituals, but really 
going to the 7-Eleven is just as simple as walking out your door and finding a 7-Eleven and walking towards it. And that's sort of the idea. Stories help with that because they help to define what a possible world can look like. Anyway, so that's one thing. I think storytelling overall, we, if you have an idea kicking around, but you're kind of dismissing it because, oh, it's too positive or people don't really like that. I think this may be the time for you to start writing that and to really tell people, show people in your writing what the world that you want to have looks like. How much time do we spend these days fighting against what we don't want? I mean, a lot. I do it. I'm still doing it uh, with this whole virus thing. It's like I'm still getting pissed with people who are walking down the street, who are not observing the distances, and you know, who are dissing the idea of a vaccine and really just thinking that the whole thing's a hoax. I'm, I'm still hating on people, but really, I can't control that. And it's, it's really a poor use of my energy. I'm not, and and I'm, I'm calling myself out for that, not to kind of give me a bit of inoculation against me doing it later. I really shouldn't. It's a bad habit. But it, it, and it does happen. I'm just acknowledging the truth. And what I ought to be doing is focusing my attention on what does this world look like where everybody's taking part? So what that looks like for me is wearing a mask. And I've noticed that I was wearing a mask a few weeks ago when there was still a lot of uncertainty and confusion about whether or not you should. And I often was the only one walking down the sidewalk with my dog and uh, people were giving me the looks. But the fact is now I went to, I just went to the grocery store this morning and everybody's, you know, most people are wearing masks now. At this point, it's still a choice, but the reduction of, they're starting to find new evidence now. This, I think it was just recently posted that there's an, I think Austria had a 90% drop in COVID cases when everybody started wearing masks. Right now, we don't, you know, people complain about the government overreaching and telling you what to do. Well, this is your chance to actually do what's right without the government having to tell you. You don't need the force of law, unless you're just waiting for something to complain about. Anyway, <laughs> so <clears throat> speaking of being ahead of the curve, right? One thing that you might find is that that story idea that you got kicking around, someone's going to get to it before you do, before you finish it. Someone's going to put, someone's going to grab that idea, or rather that idea is going to just give up on you. Go, it's going to go find somebody else who is ready and who does have the follow through and the story is going to get out there. So, and then, <laughs> yes, you'll get the story, but it won't be yours. It matters. It matters that if a story idea found you, it's because in, yes, I do believe that the ideas have some type of consciousness. There's a, there's a woo woo component to this for sure. But I think it's that it's not so much that we get ideas, but that ideas get us. And if an idea has gotten you, it's because the idea has picked you to find expression. And then you go and play Mortal Kombat for like two hours or Call of Duty or whatever <laughs> instead of actually working on it. You see, and again, this I'm not saying this from a position of I've solved this problem. I'm saying that this is and I'm better than you. I'm saying this from a position of I'm still doing this and I got to stop. So uh, that's why I've devoted, if you don't, so one of the ways that I do that is I make time in the morning now to at least put a few words down. This is something I was doing before, adding at least a word a day on a manuscript. Um, given that I, I have a manuscript that's kind of on the back burner, 
I've got two actually, but what's happened is I need to do world building behind them. Uh, world building in this case, uh, it is they're both sci works of science fiction, and I'm finding that I'm stuck because I haven't articulated some of the some of the rules rather of what's going on. That's something that you find with science fiction. Sorry for the weird audio stuff there. I was just pausing it because my dog was about to bark again. Anyway, <laughs> so where was I? If you're having trouble writing a story, especially in a genre, in a fantasy world that you've created, could be that one of the challenges is that you haven't clearly defined some of the rules that they need to follow. The rules can take two forms or off the top of my head. One is the actual physical or his, you know the the the, the rules of the physical world itself, the context. So, for example, uh, let's let's come up with one here that's easy. Let's say you're dealing with an artificial intelligence. Maybe there are limitations on what that AI creature or computer or entity can do, and maybe you haven't clearly defined that. So you end up writing. Maybe you jumped a bit too far ahead before you built enough of the world, and you got into writing the actual story, and you realized, oh shit, I'm stuck. What would the AI do in this circumstance? Well, two things: have you defined what the functions are? Have you defined what the limitations are? See, the problem in writing isn't not enough possibilities; too much. If you don't have constraints to kind of guide your characters, you could really just write about anything. Too much possibility leads to overwhelm. So that's why your world has to have rules. So it could be that your world rules are kind of not clearly defined, and now you don't know what to do when you get to that scene and the, the AI or your character, whoever, has to do something. And you're not sure what. The second thing is the character the characterization. So I tell everybody, do at least a basic character sketch of who it is that you're dealing with, because based on their own histories and experiences and baggages and damages and interests and agendas, they're going to act a certain way, and they're not going to act the same way, given the same set of circumstances. So if you have a character who is dealing, say somebody, somebody tries to mug them, right? They're coming back from a concert, and somebody, says, and somebody comes out and says, you know, give me your wallet. So let's say that character has a background in, let's say you have a character that has a background in martial arts, but you have two, say you have two different characters who have a background in martial arts, but one of them has a confidence issue because the very last fight that they had, they got their butts kicked. The other one has never lost a fight. Two of them run into the same scenario where somebody tries to mug them in the back alley. What do you think is going to happen? Right? The person with more confidence is going to be more willing to do something stupid, maybe take on, you know, at my judgment, and take on the, per the, take on the mugger. The person with the confidence issue is more likely to hand over his wallet. Not because he can't fight, but because he's just got no gumption. He's still reeling from his last ass-kicking, basically. <laughs> and that's, that's characterization. That, so sometimes a lot of the characters themselves, based on how well you've defined them in a character sketch will define the actions that happen next in your scene. So if you're blocked, consider going back to your world building. That's tangent on a tangent. Yes, I'm doing the same type of world building on two manuscripts because I'm blocked on the scenes for both. And so I've made, I need to prioritize that because one of the things that I forget is that I started ghostwriting initially as a way to make money doing what I love and to help tell other people's stories, but also as a way to help subsidize my own fiction writing. So <laughs> there we go. So I got if I'm not doing my own fiction writing while ghostwriting for others, there's no integrity in that. Not for me. 
So now, and I'm also prone to spending two or three hours a day playing on a computer or otherwise just lollygagging. Uh, lollygagging. And uh, quarantine hasn't made that tendency any less likely. So now I just make sure the first thing I do in the morning is at least write a few words on my world building. And it could be that, you know, that's, you could be that the story that you have, and I'm positive, right, um, is, uh, is like, a, it could be ahead of the curve. I've gotten ideas. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to write them. But I feel like I'm ahead of the curve this time. And that maybe in a few years time, by the time it's ready, I can publish it, market it, and it'll be great. Um, I think it will resonate with a lot of people. Uh, my book Convergence, that's the book I was referring to, is an alternative history story. And in the last few years, we've seen The Man in the High Castle. We've seen a number of just subgenres of this alternate universe paradigm kind of getting into the public, right? The public sphere, which means that there's a, a market for it and there's also an interest in it, more importantly. And, you know, frankly, my personal belief is that we do live in, you know, one of many, in, in a multiverse, and we can pick different timelines depending on what we want. So that's uh, my little, my little bit of a, of a thing. And the last thing in terms of book marketing, yes, I mean, I was, you know, sh ideally, should I date a book marketer? No, <laughs> that's, that was just a throwaway line. I think it was just, a, it was just a joke. I knew that this was going to get read on, uh, on the podcast. No, um, that being said, I do know several book marketers that I am waiting to partner with. They're all uh, they're all busy at the moment. Two of them are busy. Um, I think they they're they're all freelancers. Two of them are busy. One of them I'm still kind of seeing what kind of results they create because they're new. But it, it it doesn't matter, right? Like I I'm looking for somebody to do the work of selling my book for me because this really the selling aspect I can do. I just really don't like it, and uh, it's costing me a number of things. But in any case. If, if you don't like book selling, there are, if, if you have an idea and you want to sell them, you want to self-publish, hire a book marketer. They do exist. There's many of them out there and figure out a way that works for you. Uh, somebody ideally who's going to be ethical and it's not going to put you in a spot because of their behavior, because of how they sell. Yeah. Anyway. So that's all I have for this entry. I guess three main points, right? Is, uh, you know, just thinking about the stories that you want to write, the, being ahead of the curve, where storytelling is going now, I think we're, again, going back to that Trek thing from the beginning, I think we're getting back to that wanting to write about an optimistic future where we're being better people overall. And your stories can be ahead of the curve sometimes. So, oh, that was the last point I was going to make. One of the, if you're looking around and not finding too, too many stories like yours, that's both a good and a bad sign. It's a bad sign in the sense that it could be that there's no interest. On the other hand, it could be that there is interest, just that nobody's gotten there yet. Uh, C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien ran into this problem back in the, th in the 30s because they both said that they weren't seeing the types of stories and novels in the stores that they themselves wanted to read. So they realized in order to have the stories that they wanted to read, they had to write, it, they had to write the stories themselves. And that may be the situation that you're in. So write it. Create a daily habit doesn't have to be journaling and then reading it into a podcast like this. It could be anything. But make sure that you identify what's important and you get a little bit of that done first every day and then get to what's urgent. 
Because all too often, the urgent stuff will take over your important stuff. And then you're just in another rat race. So that's all I have for today. If you have any journaling prompts or topic suggestions, email me, Jody, jodyaberdeen.com. Follow us on Facebook at Ghostwriter and Pub Podcast. And of course, share with your friends. Thanks for listening. Let me know if any of this advice works for you as well. Again, Jody at jodyaberdeen.com. Have a good one.